Oh yeah. What's happening? We're back. Another episode. Part two. It's Halloween time now. We're celebrating up in here. The only way we know how. Watching moves. And a couple other things. <laughs> Thanking Christ. We just wanted to say to anybody that listened to our first episode that you're awesome. And if you're <laughs> listening to the second episode, you are also awesome. God bless. Exactly. So we're over here, we're celebrating Halloween time, we're bringing it to you again. Our whole deal is that we're going to watch moves that uh, other people might say aren't the best. Kind of rough around the edges. But we're saying these are diamonds in the rough. Damn right. And what we got for you today is a much maligned Halloween entry, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. A blood diamond in the rough. Yeah, that's what it is. Before we get straight into it, I just want to say you should go on Facebook, check out our page. I think it's uh, facebook.com. It's only a movie page? It's only a movie page. So if you look that up, you'll find us. Uh, give us a like on there, why don't you? Share that shit. Yeah, for sure. And also, soon, hopefully, we will be having a website. Keep you posted on that. That's why you need to go on that Facebook page and see what's up so we can keep you updated. That way you'll know whenever you can hear my gravelly-ass voice again. Yeah, and my sweet, <coughs> sweet tones. God damn, it's chocolate. Chocolate? It's sweet, oh, salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual chocolate. Bam. So why don't we just hop right into this, Trav? We're talking about Halloween 6 now. How's it start? Well, first we start out. We got a bunch of flashes of random stuff. Every once in a while, you see a lady on a gurney. Yeah, this is the this is the first thing that comes to mind about this move. This lady is apparently Jamie Lloyd from Halloween four and five, and she does not at all look like Jamie Lloyd from <laughs> Halloween four bit. and five. So they got a new actress replacing Danielle Harris. I heard that. Uh, had some contract negotiations or something. Daniel Harris is like, I ain't doing it unless you give me $150 million. <laughs> yeah. She said she wanted, she read the script. She didn't like that uh, they killed off Jamie, but she said, I'll do it. Give me that sweet cash. <laughs> and they were like, you're right. I want that truck that Jamie steals. <laughs> yeah. I need. <laughs> per diem. I need per diem, 50 bucks, and that truck. And they were like, Pfft. Not going to die. Can't do it. I'm going to give you 25 bucks, and that's it. <laughs> you can blow the horn in the truck three <laughs> times. That's all you get. No more than that, or you're paying us. <laughs> the fourth time, that's 20 more dollars on your behalf <laughs> to us. Horn blows are not free around here. <laughs> that air is extra. So, yeah, we got Jamie Lloyd. The last time we saw the character of Jamie Lloyd was at the end of Halloween 5. She got kidnapped by the man in black who came in and annihilated all those cops in that police station. Stole her and Michael. It's been a big mystery. Who is this man in black? It's been how long? Like 89 to 96? Is that when this came out? 96? Yeah, like 95 years. or 96? So it's been a long time. It's 95. Yeah, you're right. So it's been that long, everybody, at least these writers are hoping, have been wondering, <laughs> who is this man in black? I was wondering. I remember. It was Will Smith. <laughs> it might have been Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> but anyways, she is straight up pregnant. 
<laughs> and she's about to lay some birth. <laughs> dropping fucking baby bombs. Yeah, she's dropping baby bombs. And we got a cult up in here. Literally kidnapped this chick, kept her in a dungeon-looking place. Basement dungeon. Yeah. For all this time, and now she's giving birth, and they're trying to do her right now. Yeah, they're treating her like a queen. They got like a, what's that called, a, a midwife? What's that thing, what's it called? A midwife is accurate, but I don't think that's what she was. That's not what she was? I'm pretty sure she was just like a, a prenatal nurse. She was just there. Postnatal. Po- she she was about to be postnatal yeah. soon. Soon to be. They're, they're treating her nice. And they're dabbing her forehead, trying to... Yeah, she's sweating. She's pushing. They're just like, it's going to be all right. You got this. She's surrounded by candles, and ain't no wonder why she's sweating, dude. I know. It's hot as shit in there. It's a fucking dungeon. So, you know, baby goes down. Pops out. Screams like it's four months old. (laughs) Yeah, this baby's probably not legitimately newborn, I would have to guess. She's like, please let me hold my baby. Please let me hold my baby. And they're like, yeah, right. You ain't getting this baby. No, there's no way. That midwife chick, she's trying to help out. She feels bad. She does. She probably has kids of her own. That's it, how joyous it is to hold them. Is she in this cult? Is what I've wondered. I think she is, but she has a changed heart. Yeah, she's thinking, we're go- we've gone too far now. They take the baby away. She comes back. She decides she's going to help Jamie bust out of this joint now. They get the baby. They're on a run. They're going down the hallway. Michael makes his first appearance now. Oh, shit. The chick who was, you know, whatever, her baby doctor. <laughs> the baby nurse. She says, go on. I'm going to stay here and pull a distract job. I got this. And her distract job is Michael's going to grab her by the head and slam her up against a thorn that's coming out of the wall for some reason. <laughs> so what's, what do you think's up with these thorns? I don't know. It's like they're trying to tell you something. It's like these dudes... I mean, spoiler alert, this is the Thorn Cult. Yeah, I thought we were going to build up to it. I mean, we're coming out of the gate with thorns on the wall now. Yeah, but you don't know what they mean. It might just have been some type of architecture. When I was a kid, I didn't even know what the Thorn Cult was. I was thinking that it was like a hook to like hang your jacket on or something. <laughs> it's a coat hanger. <laughs> she gets her head annihilated. Jamie gets out. She goes... She goes rogue. Definitely. She goes and grabs a truck off this dude that's just like standing out in the <laughs> rainstorm drinking a beer. This guy is probably up there on coolest characters in the movie. It's, it's fucking Marshall Tucker, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Marshall Tucker? It's like a Marshall yeah. Tucker band. Yeah. I don't know what he looks like. He looks like that dude. That guy. Probably. Well, then he must be awesome because this guy <laughs> looks awesome. I assume that that's what he looks like. Yeah. When I think of Marshall Tucker, I think of that guy. You think about dudes. <laughs> Standing in the rain, drinking Drink beer. beer. <laughs> She's dry. She tries to. Can't be wrong, dude. Hmm. Can't be wrong. Is that a Marshall Tucker band song? Yeah, it's a promo. <laughs> Five of you get that, and you will laugh your ass off. She's she's still in this dude's truck. He's like, "Hey, what what are you pulling over there?" And she's like, <laughs> and he's like, "Huh?" And she's like, <laughs> "She's like, turn the fuck around, dude." <laughs> he's like, "Do what now?" <laughs> Michael comes out, straight up annihilates this dude's head. They're going brutal in this movie at some point. They're not holding back. So now they're on the run. Michael is driving a van. He's trying to catch up, hitting her in the rear end. Beating her in the ass of that truck. Yep. 
She goes to the train depot or something. Bus station, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, the bus station. There's nobody there. The whole place is deserted. Even the, They'll be back in 20 minutes. Yeah, they got 20 minutes sign up. They went to grab lunch, I guess, at terrible timing. So she tries to call. She hears over the radio a voice that we will all be familiar with by the end of this movie. Because it kicks ass. Because you know what's up. Barry Sims. <laughs> He's broadcasting mean. live. Call-in show. Barry Sims hosts... A late night call in show, but he's like the biggest celebrity in Haddonfield. Nobody has anything to do with Haddonfield but sit up all night and listen to him. They're listening to the radio. She tries to call. He's doing a show about Michael Myers because he's coming and he's going to do a live show in Haddonfield. So he's he's chatting it up. He's trying to get some awareness on his upcoming event. He's talking about the legend of Michael Myers. Just so happens. Jamie, she goes, she she lived this Michael Myers scenario. She knows what's up. She's going to give a live call in to the show. On this shit. She, she could, if anybody could talk about it, it's going to be her. She calls him up. He doesn't even, he downplays it. He's like. He's like, you crazy. You don't even know. He's like, who is this chick? She's full of crap. Hang up on her. So then what are you going to do? She's She's trapped now. Well, she does get off a line that she she tries to say, Hey, Loomis. Yeah. Are you there? I know that you're listening to the Barry Sims show. Because who is it right exactly. now? Exactly. You're an old, retired psychiatrist. You're definitely listening to this universe's version of Howard Stern in the middle of the night. And getting drunk as shit <laughs> yeah. in your countryside home. She gets kicked off the line. She goes down into the restroom of this uh, bus station. Michael comes in. He's checking the stalls like he's trying to see if there's anybody in the toilet. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to check this one. No, sir. No. See what's going on here. One by one. Ain't happening. He gets to the last one. There's nobody in that one either, but the window's open. Jamie had been in there, but she pulled a sneak out job. The Three Bears promo. Is that what the Three Bears promo was? Yeah, it was like, this bed's too hard. Oh, yeah. This toilet's too empty. This one's just right. <laughs> she she ran off. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's driving like a maniac now. Actually, this might be the point at when uh, he's chasing her in the van, or is it both times? I don't even know. We just watched this movie, and I can't even. I know that like pisses me off because we're sitting there watching it and we're taking notes. We're like, this is awesome. This is proof that my memory is terrible. So she she runs off the road. She just so happens to end up at a pumpkin farm. This place is decked out with pumpkins. Yeah, but the whole time you gotta add, you think she has this baby with yeah. her. Yeah, driving around. That is when she's getting hit in the yeah, ass by yeah. that man. Because you're like the baby's in the floorboard just rolling around. <laughs> if she had that baby, and this baby was not strapped in, it would not have made it to the no. next stop. I don't think. It would have been all over the joint. But she makes it to this pumpkin farm. There's pumpkins all over the joint. Michael does a little bit of stalking on her. Playing peekaboo through, like, cuts in the barn wood or something. Yeah, they're in a barn. But, uh, you know, here we go. Jamie has made it through part four, part five. But she ain't making it through part six. It ain't happening. She gets put on a, what'd you say? that what What is that device, Trav? An automated 
pumpkin carver. I don't <laughs> even know, dude. This is a pumpkin farm. They got one of those. This is like an industrial pumpkin carver, I think. It's a big boy. I don't even know what the fuck you would use that thing for. I'm not sure. It's just three drill bits on a thing. <laughs> it's some kind of device. I'm not a farm man, so I don't know. It's built just to kill Jamie. Yeah. It's, it's there for a brutal kill, which it provides. She says, you ain't getting this baby, Michael. And he's like, suck on this one. <laughs> Pulls a promo on her, yeah. slams her down. Smacks her. Shove her deeper. And then she's like, no, sir. Oh, yeah. You ain't getting this, That's baby. when she's and like. And then he's like, I'm going to this fucking switch. <laughs> he just turns the Surprise. switch on. She's <laughs> done for then. She, her guts are getting carved like a pumpkin up in here. <laughs> that would be an awesome scene. <laughs> the cops find her and she's got like she's, a jack-o'-lantern in her he's stomach. Got, he's got a fucking <laughs> candle in there, dude. They missed out on an opportunity <laughs> there. But, okay, now it's flash over. Who else was listening to this Barry Sims broadcast? Couldn't have been Tommy Doyle, dude. You, you ain't seen him since the first Halloween. Part one, we're coming back. Tommy Doyle is back now. Damn. That's who it was. He is now a weirdo because he had a traumatic experience when he was a kid, I suppose. He he definitely is the type of guy that's staying up all night long listening to Barry Sims radio. <laughs> that guy can get a wink of sleep. He has literally been waiting 15 years or however long just hoping that... Michael Myers was somehow going to end up on the Barry Sim show, and he's like, tonight is my night. He's been training for this day. <laughs> Every Halloween, he sits in his room, he's like, he's, tonight's the night. He's ready. He, and it hasn't been the night until this night. Every single time, he has been recording the shows on a reel-to-reel tape, apparently. Studying. And now it's finally paid off. He caught whatever Jamie said. She says, Loomis, come help me, or whatever. He's like, oh, snap. He's like, oh, shit, I know that guy. This is hitting home now. He goes through the tape again, though, and I guess he hears bus noises or attention, everybody getting on this fucking bus. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what <coughs> happens. He's doing some detective work. He's pulling a Batman promo yeah, over right here. This is his Batcave. Yeah, his Batcave is the roof, uh, one-bedroom apartment of, uh, oh, yeah, it's an attic. It's not even an apartment, really. He's just renting the attic out of some old lady's house. He's got it all decked out. He's got Michael Myers memorabilia all over this piece, dude. He's got newspaper he's clippings. It. He's been studying. He's ain't, he hasn't been wasting time since part no, one. He's been straight up preparing for this. So he hears Jamie on the thing. He knows he's going to go look at the bus station, see if he can find some more clues. And he does. He follows a blood trail. The first thing he finds is a blood trail that <laughs> nobody else has noticed, which for some reason, because uh, it's very obvious... Well, if you're in a bus station, a blood trail is probably not that weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess that happens. But you got a blood trail leading from the phone booth to the basement toilet where he's like, hmm, there's nothing down here. But then, boom, twist. Oh, shit. That baby wasn't in that truck. It was in the cabinet this whole time. Oh, shit. We missed whenever Michael goes into that truck and he's like, I got this baby. Oh, yeah. Let me see what I got. <laughs> he unravels it in his fucking roll of paper towels. Yeah, that's like a, a big moment in this movie. Michael thinks that he's got this baby finally. He picks it up. He doesn't think about, like, the weight or anything. He's like, this is definitely a baby. This is a light baby. Let, this is, it's just born, so, I mean, how how much could it weigh? Eight, nine pounds at the most. That's, like, that's hefty for a baby, right? I don't yeah, even know. I think nine pounds? That's like nine a pretty, pounds a big baby. Yeah. I think, like, seven, eight pounds is a good weight for, like, a newborn baby. And it's like, he picks up a paper towel roll 
And he's like, this is probably that baby. Maybe the blanket was waterlogged and threw his calculations off. It's possible. That's a heavy blanket. She she might have put some weights in there to throw <laughs> him was, off. <laughs> she had all the time in the world, yeah, apparently. She was preparing. She's thrown her baby in the cabinet of the bus stop yep. bathroom. Grabbed the paper towels and was like, well, what else can make this feel like a baby? And she said, baby, do not cry for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> that baby was like, hey. Until you smell Paul Rudd walk up in his <laughs> yeah. piece. Yeah, we should. There's that word. We should mention that uh, Tommy Doyle is being played by Paul Stephen Rudd. <laughs> introducing, getting introduced. Well, she names his, that baby dude. Oh, he names it Stephen. He names it Stephen, That was some uh, uh, nepotism, I think. Yeah, he's like, fuck yeah. So, yeah, Tom. now Tommy's got this baby. And then, then we cut over to the Strode family. These people are living in the Myers house, and they don't even realize it. One of them does. One, one out of and five. He, he apparently drinks to forget it. He <laughs> yeah. treats everyone else like shit. <laughs> He's not the nicest dude. Bunch of kids set up this Michael Myers stand-up like you're going to vote for Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> he walks out, chops that shit down. Yeah. The kids are by his behemoth trash section. <laughs> He's got a lot of trash, I think. Yeah, most of it's in the backyard, which you will see <laughs> later. And he chops it down. He's like, Goddamn kids, get the fuck out of here, you suck. And, and they're all just like, like hey. giggles. <laughs> and he walks in, he's like, shitheads. <laughs> I showed them. <laughs> shitheads facing my property. <laughs> showed them. So, yeah, we got a family scene now. Well, just before this, we see, we're introduced to Danny. Right? Is that his name? Yeah. yeah. We're introduced to Danny. He's having visions of the man in black. Voices. And he's hearing voices that say stuff like... Kill for him. Kill for him. And, uh... Suck my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, all that type of stuff. Stroke it slower. <laughs> His mom is, is a nice chick. She's apparently a single parent. She's living back at home with her uh, parents... And in the Myers house, yeah, in the Myers house, which they, they don't know is the Myers house. They are all Strodes, which is the family that adopted Jamie Lee Curtis in the original Halloween after uh, she Michael killed Judith. And well, I mean, yeah, that was from part two, that was kind of a retcon job, yeah. but it was definite, it's definitely supposed to be related to the Jamie Lee Curtis character, not by blood, though. Close enough for Michael. Yeah. So now it's like a, a breakfast scene with the whole family. And uh, you see that Kara's mom, uh, Danny's grandmother, is giving Kara a little bit of cash on While the slide. she's doing her homework because yeah. she's studying really hard for college. She's in college now. She's trying to better herself. And this, her dad, he's up to no good. He's like... I see that you're giving away all of our money. Why don't How you? about you do this? <laughs> give her all our goddamn money. Yeah, give it all away. <laughs> he just chucks it at him. And then the brother, his name is Tim, which is my name. <laughs> and it's amazing to see a character named Tim that's not portrayed as a wimp 
or a loser. This guy, he's a he's not bad. Man, he's like straight nailing that chick. Yeah, he's cool. He's got uh he's got on a shirt. And so does Danny. Yeah. Danny's dressed up like Tim for Halloween and Tim is wearing a shirt that says Barry ba- kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> now here's what I'm wondering. Is this an officially licensed Barry Sims t-shirt or did he make it himself? If if Tim didn't make it himself, Barry did. Here's and just if Tim made it himself, I would believe it because the quality of the shirt is not tip top. No, but it, it looks still like a fucking primo shirt. It's an awesome shirt, but it definitely looks like a homemade job, which is cool because that just means that Tim's thinking Barry rules so much he's going to go out of his way to make a shirt for him and for Danny. Well, he is getting ready to meet him. Yeah, that's true. That brings up the point that Tim and his girlfriend, they're having a big uh, Halloween fair thing. It's been a long time since part five, basically, that Haddonfield has celebrated Halloween. But we'll get to that in a minute. Right now, the dad is just talking straight smash. Being a straight up shithead. And Tim's like, dude, chill out. And he's just like, well, everything was fine around here until you came back around. You're screwing everything up. With you. Big bastard. <laughs> yeah. He's, he like, it's like he wants to, he decided that he wanted to cut a promo, but he was like, I'm just going to cut this promo. To he myself. wants to cut a promo to the bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, everything was fine until you and that b- bastard came around here. I love him. <laughs> but He's a bastard. <laughs> I never met his father. Yeah, we never even, when there's never even any allusions to who the father might be at all. It's Michael. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> he gets around. So yeah, he... The dad, she stands up and she says, the only bastard I see around here is you, or something like that. Yeah. And then he lays down a smackdown on this <laughs> chick, dude. <laughs> it's Rude. serious. Everybody's it's like... appalled. He slaps her in the cheek and her nose starts bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> She's crying blood out of her yeah, nose. it's brutal, dude. Everybody is not feeling it. Everybody thinks that he is... Can we not... Just sit down and have breakfast as a family. Without somebody getting a nosebleed up in here. No, we can't. <laughs> That's impossible with this bastard around. <laughs> so then I she, would love to see the household dynamic without Kara and her bastard there, dude. To see if he Everybody was, like, was happy? Yeah. It's like <laughs> this fucking rainbow show out of the yeah. house. They're all having breakfast. Tim's there. <laughs> He's probably listening to Barry Sims on his headphones and stuff. His dad is too. He's like, this Barry, he doesn't take hands. <laughs> I got to give it to him. <laughs> well, then we go outside. We see Tim's girlfriend. She's Kara's buddy. She sees the nosebleed, and she's like, oh, my God, what's going on? This is a hectic household here. <laughs> like, I hate this house. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go to school. They Then Kara, for some reason, decides that it's a good idea to just dump all of her contents of her book bag out onto the ground. She spills it. Like a little bit, and then she's like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> yeah. I hate it. I'm just gonna let all of it fall out. And then her buddy's like, "Hey, what's this cool drawing that's in here? Oh my god, it's a big uh, black blob that says thorn on it, and um, stick figures of your whole family all being dead." <laughs> that's not alarming at all. Oh yeah, that's Danny. He's real artistic. He's a bastard. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> and then Tim cuts a very topical Biff's butthead reference. <laughs> It was at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's a decent impression. It's not bad. 
when Danny's on his way home from school, though, he runs into Tommy. With a pumpkin. Yeah, Danny's got a pumpkin, and Tommy scares him, makes him drop his pumpkin, and busts all over the place. It's a, it's a throwback to part one when little Tommy, he dropped, he dropped his own pumpkin because some bullies was giving him the, giving him troubles. Tommy is ultra apologetic because he's like, he can relate. He knows how it is. I know you were pumped about that pumpkin. It's not a bad. It's not a bad callback. We then see the Strode mom. She's at home. She's doing laundry. She's trying to do laundry. Well, she's picking up everything outside. There's <coughs> there's garbage all over the place, including an axe that the dude used to chop down that Michael Myers thing. She picks it up. She's got That's all kinds of. She's got this. She's got a tote. She's lugging this shit all around the house. She's got to do all the work around here. You think that dude's doing any housework, do you, right? No, he's just going to work where he works. Yeah. (laughs) Involves him sitting in a chair drinking alcohol. It's like a secret drawer. Yeah. She's she's picking up. She's going to go do laundry. She goes downstairs. The freaking washing machine is broke. And it's broke in a weird fashion because at first you see that the water hasn't drained out of it, so she goes over, she's flicking the switch, trying to make it work, and then she comes over, and all the water just dumps out of the bottom of it somehow. <laughs> yeah, it like, I guess the it was pregnant and its water broke. Yeah, definitely. It's got the curse of thorn. So she's having a terrible time. She goes upstairs, and Loomis has just walked un- rocked right up into the house. <laughs> He's like, hey! <laughs> I gotta tell you something. I didn't know anyone lived here. What are you doing here? <laughs> Last time I saw this house, it looked like crap. You guys did a great job. <laughs> yeah, we were, like, my husband was trying to sell it, but no one would buy it, so we just moved in. Oh, well, that's probably because uh, <laughs> a bunch of people got murdered here, or at least one did, and then it turned into a murder house nobody wanted anything to do with. And she is shocked. She has no idea that this happened. Nope. Everybody in the entire town knows who Michael Myers is, knows the legend, knows the house, but the people that are legit living in it right now, they've never heard any of this. <laughs> that are related. Somewhat to Lori Strode. Yeah. They're part of her adoptive family. Yeah. But they don't know that it was the Myers house. So she calls the dude at work and she's like, what is going on? You got us living in this murder house. And he's like, oh, man. I told you. She found out now. Yeah. He's like, why don't you just not worry about it? I'm going to sit here and get drunk at work. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm getting out of here. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. He doesn't, he doesn't think he she's going to do it, dude. No, she's probably threatened it several times yeah. and has never followed through. Yeah, for sure. So she goes, she packs, she legit packs a suitcase. She is heading out. Yeah, she's like, I am fucking gone. She's had enough of this murder house. But for some reason, she goes in the backyard. Oh, she sees Michael in the house. Yeah, and she looks at the tote. Oh, yeah. And the axe is not in the tote anymore. Not a good sign. No. She's like, I could have swore I put that thing in there. So she's trying to you know, sneak around the house. Michael's already in there. She goes out the back where they've got the most elaborate clothesline system that I've ever seen. It's a labyrinth of sheets yeah. and just drying clothes. Yeah, she goes, she's trying to run from Michael in these, in the laundry, but he, he nails her with an axe, screws up the whole laundry. Gets blood all over that yeah. white sheet. It's, it's ruined. He can't, it bothers him to the core. Yeah, he can't abide by tearing up their laundry, dude. No, and and he might try to wash it. (laughs) 
We'll just have to see what Maybe. happens. So whenever Danny comes home from school, nobody's there because his grandma's dead now. <laughs> and apparently he just runs into Tommy. I don't know if he went across the street and was like, hey, there ain't nobody at my house. Or if Tommy was just like creeping. He was, he, he was probably creeping. He too. was probably creeping, but he's creeping with a purpose. Yeah, he's got he's got a baby of his own to take care of at this point. And he knows that that's in Myers' house. Yeah, he knows what he knows what's going on because he's doing all this detective work. Yeah, he's, it's like recon, recon peeping. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to help these people, and if I see some titties, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I just might need to you know peer out my window while chicks are changing into their underwear and stuff. <laughs> that's just part of the work that I gotta that, do. That's why I do it. I'm trying to save lives. Kara comes home and she's like, what are you doing in my house? But he explains that Danny didn't have anybody to watch him after he got home. And they go across to Tommy's weird uh, bat cave house. But the apparently, supposedly deaf old lady. Tommy's landlord is a old lady that can't hear anything. She's just like raking leaves all the time and watching the Phantom of the Opera and stuff. <laughs> the good stuff. Yeah, she's only she only watches the best public domain movies. <laughs> like rubbing herself out to Long Cheney. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> so while they're over in uh, Tommy's new house, he shows her all of his uh, weird Michael Myers bulletin board and everything. And he comes up, he shows her... His theory. He's got a theory on his uh, primo 1995 computer. It's pretty good, dude. It's not bad. He can he can hit some buttons and it starts playing videos. It's better than anything I have currently. <laughs> he can. He tells her that he thinks that Michael is related to the Thorn, which is a rune, a rune, rune. It's a ruined rune. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets ruined because of this rune. <laughs> Myers is afflicted with the curse of Thorn. Right. Which makes him basically a demon. Yeah, the Thorn represents a demon that the Celtic people believed in, I guess. Yeah. Something. The rune represented that. And what it actually is, is that the the Thorn is a constellation that only shows up every so many years on Halloween. On Halloween. And when it appears, Myers Michael appears. Too. So what we've got going on here now, Trav, is what most people, when they give crap to this movie, which we're taking a stance against, they say that this movie is stupid because it tries to explain too much. No one wants to know answers. Right. And here's my thing about that. Do you think that they are mad because they tried to explain? Or that people are mad because they don't like the answer of the explanation? Probably both. Yes. I think that when you watch... If you were to just watch the original Halloween by itself, and that's probably my favorite horror movie of all time, it is awesome when you just think that Michael is just a crazy person that got out of the nut house and he comes back to his own house and Laurie Strode walks up to his doorstep and he sees her and he's like, I'm going to kill this chick now. <laughs> and there's no, there's nothing that she can do. He's just stalking her from that point on. 
there's no it's not even until part two that it's brought up that she's his sister yeah and all this stuff you just watched halloween one as a standalone movie and it works because you're like this guy is just a crazy person and he's trying to kill me and i don't know why i always thought of halloween one as like a love story with hate it's like a hate story yeah it's like he doesn't want to date her he wants to kill her yeah He's going out of his way to do everything possible to make her life a living yeah, hell. Like, I basically. don't want to fuck her. I want her dead. Yeah, and it's like the exact opposite. And I and I totally agree that Halloween one works best when it's like, what what is this guy's motivation? We don't know. But there isn't just Halloween one. There's Halloween two, and it's like, okay, well, what really happened is that Lori is his sister, and he's trying to kill. He killed one sister, so now he wants to kill his other sister. And then there's Halloween 4, and it's all, well, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis don't want to be in these movies no more. So, uh, you know, Lori, she died in a car accident, but her daughter, she's still around. So Michael wants to kill his whole bloodline, and it's just went down the line so much that you get to a point where you have to explain it, kind of. Yeah, it's like there's no choice. And honestly, I feel like that's what I like about sequels. If you're going to be a standalone movie, that's fine. Halloween 1 stands as a classic, and you can watch it and ignore the sequels, and you'll be good to go. But if you're going to sit down and do a marathon of the movies, you're going to have to flesh it out a little bit. And you're going to have to hit us up with some, uh, you know, pagan rituals and stuff. <laughs> we need some runestones. Yeah, there's got to be runestones. There needs to be constellations up in this piece. And, I, I and eventually t- there has to be some Buster Rhymes. That, yeah, we'll get to that one day, maybe. We will. <laughs> I'll make damn sure. But, yeah, I think that that's, like, that's basically my stance is that, like, with these sequels, that's why I like them. It's like you're, you paint yourself into a corner almost. It's like, well, why does Michael keep coming back? And you got to come up with a reason. And that's why I like these movies. And I think that the Thorn, which you were saying, you know, people might just not like the explanation that they were given, which is fair, but. I mean, if it's Halloween, it's going to be cults or something yeah. like that. It makes sense. It's got to be something spooky. But then, you know, uh, they turn around. They've been, like, just engrossed in ruined uh, history or whatever. <laughs> it's a history lesson that Tommy's given this chick. They turn around. Danny's gone. They don't even know where he went. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, where's Danny? They run downstairs. He's getting his own Halloween history lesson from Mrs. Blankenship, the old deaf lady. She's telling him that Halloween represents, you know, it goes back to who knows when. It's like a special day. It's a special day when... People uh, dress up to ward off evil spirits. Yeah, you know that whole spirit. Especially the boogeyman. The boogeyman, he, he, drops the, he drops the classic line, what's yeah. the boogeyman? But then it's like, oh, come on, Danny, get away from that old chick. She's... She's a loon. Before that yeah. happens, though, she says that she was babysitting Michael the night that yeah. he uh, killed... The night that Judith was yeah, babysitting him. he killed him Judith Myers. She was babysitting him, but that doesn't make any sense because... I mean, I'm our whole, our whole deal here is to give these movies credit, but you know, sometimes there's flaws. And it doesn't make any sense that she's claiming she was babysitting Michael... The night that that happened, because clearly Judith was babysitting, yeah. and she was just off getting up to some promiscuousness. She was 
getting some Halloween hanky panky. <laughs> the quickest hanky panky of all time, I think. My favorite time. <laughs> that dude goes up the stairs and he comes right back down the stairs and he's like, That ruled, I'll see you later. <laughs> Michael's like, That did not rule. <laughs> he he wasn't feeling it. But then, you know, the dad the dad from across the street Dickhead Dad. Yeah, Dickhead Dad, the Strode. He comes home. He's wasted. He's been at work all day just chugging on this bottle of booze he's got hidden in his desk. And he's got his shirt untucked right in front. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow that happened. I guess that's the show that he's wasted. He wanted to take a leak. Yeah, he just pulled out one part of it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't unzip his pants and whip his dick out. He's like, took his whole pants off and made sure the rest of them stayed tucked. <laughs> he straight up runs over the bicycle. Danny could have been out there playing in the yard. He didn't care. It's a bastard. He's He's wasted. He comes in the house and he's like, hey, honey, I'm sorry, or what's for dinner, or whatever. <laughs> and then he's like, damn, she actually, she actually left. left. He's shocked. The pow- And then as soon as he's like, she actually left, the power goes out on him. It's perfectly timed. He's like, oh, my damn, i got to go down in this basement now, check out this feud box. Why is it flooded down here? Yeah, what? there must have been, like... A pool's worth of water in that washing machine because the whole basement is flooded. But the 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 power's out, but the washing machine is running. Right, and this makes no sense. Do you think Michael just strategically turned off certain fuses or something? Like he's that? rewiring the <laughs> yeah. entire house. He's got it all working. No out. one's looking. The washing machine's going. He's like, "Why is this washing machine going while the power is out?" So he goes over and he opens it up. Boom, guess what? Michael did do the laundry <laughs> after he ruined those sheets. But he had no idea that that washing machine was broken. He was trying to fix it. I think that that's why... I, that's why it works when the power's out. He's yeah. A, he's a supreme electrician. <laughs> that's what he learned in all that time he was at Smith's Grove. But, uh, yeah, surprise, Michael's in the basement. This dude gets an ultimo head explosion. Primo. It's the goriest death in the flick. Just straight squeezing and it's like... Yeah. Ruins him. It's pretty gory for a Halloween movie. Looks awesome in my opinion. But now it's time for the big Halloween fair. Hootenanny. Yeah, it's a Halloween hootenanny. And your main man, Barry Sims, he's hosting. He's going to be there doing a live show like we talked about. And, the, you know, Tim's girlfriend, he thinks that, she thinks that she's going to be able to shed some light. She's really trying to do a good cause yeah, here or like, whatever. I can't wait to get on this radio I'm going to spread the gospel right now. We don't need to be embarrassed about Halloween. Michael Myers is long gone, dude. <laughs> he ain't coming back. It's There's no way. Forever. I haven't seen that constellation in the sky <laughs> one time. Yeah, I mean, it's just happenstance that that constellation happens to come around every now and then. It's just a triangle. Yeah, with a line. It doesn't even matter. But then she's really disappointed because she gets on Barry Sims' show, and he's just cutting promos all over the place. <laughs> Talking kind of shit. Yeah. Whoa! Does she get this riled up in the sack, Tim? I bet she wears crotchless panties and barks like a dog. Bet. What do you say, honey? You and me, yeah. You can tell he's not there to do no serious... He's not there to spread the gospel of what she's trying to do. He's there to cut promos. <laughs> he's like, I am dropping bombs, yeah. getting ratings. That's and all he cares about on. is ratings. And that's why he's super pumped. Whenever Tim mentions the fact that, well, no, 
He no, doesn't even he know. He doesn't know either because he's one of the yeah, occupants of yeah, the Myers right. house. His girlfriend knows, and she never even told him. But she drops a bomb on the Barry Sims show. And then Sam is like, you live in the Myers house? And he's like, uh, yeah, 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 I totally yeah, sure. do. It's awesome. And he's like, let's, go, let's cut to a break. We're going live to the Myers house. And this is when he drops the best line of the flick. He says... Relax your crack. <laughs> what about the kids? We're supposed to throw all the candy. Phone! Relax your crack, sweetheart. Quit tootle around the old household and we'll be right on back. <laughs> He's telling that chick she needs to just calm down She's right like, now. Dude. Like, her asshole is like white knuckle tight. <laughs> I think he's just trying to look out for her. He sees that she's <laughs> she's straining, and he's like, sweetie, just relax your crack right now. Everything's going to be all right. We're about to get these ratings. We're going to go to your boyfriend's house and do the rest of the show. It's going to be primo. Then, then they get off the air, and it turns out that Barry's not as awesome as we thought. No, he's probably a dick. It seems like he's a... He's, he's kind of rude. He's talking to his agent on the phone. And he's like, why are you sending me these podunk towns? <laughs> Whatever. He's talking smash. He gets in the car. He's, and he's legit talking smash about Michael. Calls him a pussy. You shouldn't do that. That's rough. Especially with Michael Myers in the goddamn backseat. <laughs> you know what Damn. happens then? Get your throat slit, dog. Be no done way. up. Then you get strung up in a tree. With fucking Christmas lights. Yeah, Halloween lights because they're orange, I think. Yeah, but I consider all those strands of lights Christmas lights. I feel you, but I think that the orange ones are pretty. <coughs> so Tim and his chick, they go back to the house because they think that Barry Sims is going to meet him there. But, I mean, they don't wait very long before they're just like, well, I mean, a whole radio crew might be coming to the house right now, but screw it, let's go <laughs> bone. <laughs> yeah, let's just get this over with. And they go I bone. Mean, there's a record to beat in this house. Right. I have to beat <laughs> yeah. Drew the Myers' boyfriend. <laughs> he might have done it, dude, because it's fast. And for whatever reason, they decide they're going to bone in Kara's room. Tim's supposedly... I mean, you would think that he's got his own bedroom, but they go and they bone and carry Him and Danny have the same room? Oh, yeah, they might be sharing. But as soon as they're done, he's like, all right, I'm going to go take a shower. This is like a straight up Friday 13th Part 4 style. Yeah. It even looks like the same dude, kind of. Yeah. Def- yeah, I could definitely see that. It's like the 90s version of that guy. Yeah. He goes and he's like, all right, I just had dirty sex with you. I got to go clean myself. I am covered in my own bodily fluids. And like two drops of yours. Sorry about that. He's taking a shower. He says, hey, babe, hand me a towel. And Michael's in there. (laughs) He's just watching this dude take a shower. Yeah, he's just like lurking on this dude taking a shower. He's like, this motherfucker is in my house. Michael was like, I didn't even know these showers worked. (laughs) I was like, I need to get me one of them. But he knows where the towels are because he's like, here you go. He just straight up hands this dude a towel. And then how did the dude die? Oh, he got his throat slit in the mirror. I oh, think. yeah, because his armpit got it yeah, too. Yeah, he got uh, a slit in the armpit too. And that just ups the brutality by like 10,000. <laughs> yeah. It's like a throat slit is commonplace. But if you see someone getting a tiny little cut on their armpit, you're like, 
You know that's going to hurt for that's months. Gonna, even if it's a paper cut, that's going to burn. Ooh, that's even I, worse, I think. You can't put deodorant on. You're stinking on your left side. Yeah. You got one side stinking for like months, dude. You need to get some of that Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Smell it stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. That's, that's what everybody what needs to get. <laughs> so, the whole time that they're over there getting down, Kara's in Tommy's house across the street. She knows that they're there. She calls... She can see him through Tommy's peeping device. Yeah. And she says, you need to get out of there right now. It's not safe. Hold on. Somebody's in the room with you. Oh, never mind. You're stabbed in the back. Sorry. Several times. Or it might be in the ass. It's possible. Once in the ass. At least. And then this chick's dead. But turn around. Where's Danny? (laughs) Let me just tilt down. Danny's walking to this fucking house. (laughs) This kid will not sit still, dude. Is it because he heard a voice? He heard uh, the man in black's voice? Very possibly. I think so. He's drawn to Michael, kind of, I think. So they have to chase over there. Kara, she runs over there again. She gets into a big brawl with Michael. He falls down the steps. (laughs) Takes a tumble. Yeah, he takes a bit of a tumble down the steps. And then this is a situation that always happens. You've got the killer laying unconscious on the ground. Me and Trav, we're both saying that's when you got to take the chance and just annihilate this dude. Just ruin him. And Travis, he has his own technique. Where you? What do you? What do you think, Trav? Just straight dick annihilation. <laughs> if you go straight for the groin on this dude and just go to town, he ain't getting back up. I don't, I don't think, care dude. if you are a demon. Right. If you have a dick, it's gonna hurt to get kicked in it. Yeah, and if you and go, if your dick is where I think it's gonna be. I'm gonna kick you, <laughs> and then I'm just gonna you pound it with a baseball bat or something, dude. It'd be a sweet ass double team, dude. <laughs> Ain't nobody surviving our onslaught. <laughs> Dick kicks and baseball bats. Yeah, that's what it takes to take down Michael Myers, dude. But what the reason that Kara's alone right now is because Tommy was meeting up with Loomis, Loomis at, at the, the fair. yeah at the Halloween fair, and uh, he sees a chick. A little girl, she says, it's raining red. Oh, it's, oh, it's warm. Oh, this rain, it's only raining right here, and it's warm, and it's red. This this little girl ain't the brightest, dude, because there's straight-up blood falling on her head, and she thinks it's red rain. It's like, oh, this is the best. It's so <laughs> nice. Tommy knows what's up. He sees. He's like, oh, this is horrifying. He knows that the the best thing that you could do in a situation like that is probably look up because there's something above your head probably. And what it is is poor old Barry Sims. Got his ass kicked. Yeah, he kicked ass for the majority of the movie, but now our hero is dead. Straight route. So it's all downhill from here with no Barry Sims in the picture. We might as well turn it off. (laughs) Tommy and Loomis realize that things are definitely serious now. It's no good. So they head back to the house. They meet up with Kara and Danny. And that's when the big twist... Is it even a twist? I mean, it's straight from the beginning. It's obvious yeah, that it's a cult. You know going on, yeah. You know it's a cult from the beginning, but you, you don't... know who the man in black is. Yeah. The big reveal comes. W- Dr. Wynn, who was in part one, he is the dude in part one that says... Loomis is like, maybe somebody around here gave him lessons about knowing how to drive a car. Yeah. And I mean... That's another thing I like about this movie is because it's literally being like, yeah, that probably did happen. <laughs> Somebody legit probably gave Michael driving lessons. <laughs> and it was Wynn. Yeah, it was it was Dr. Wynn, and uh, that was Loomis's 
buddy, I guess, confidant. They've known each other for years. So that's the big twist now. Well, when wanted him to come back to Smith's Grove. Yeah, I think that uh, he was trying to get Loomis in on this cult action. Loomis ain't having none of it, dude. He thinks that Wynn is a bastard now. <laughs> like Danny. They're trying to grab everybody. Kara straight up jumps out the, the window, window, which is always the best plan of action whenever somebody's got you in a corner, dude. Just That's my like, only plan of action for <laughs> any situation. Just jump out the window. I was like, fuck it. I'm gone. And all around this time, especially like just a little bit before, we're hearing the revised Halloween theme song the heavy metal version it's the it's the metal version dude and i'm i'm saying that i think that it's a me do it's 90s but that's one of the things i like about this movie is that it's so 90s it's like that early time of the 90s it was pre-screen it's the pre-change yeah we're still in that it's the doldrums because there wasn't much coming out but you had flicks like this that i thought were awesome i think it was basically like you were still making 80s movies, but everything else about it was 90s. So, like, the the music is 90s and the uh, this fashion is 90s. Yeah, it was like the 80s were kind of a cash grab. Yeah. But in the 90s, they didn't know what else to do. So they just it was just like, well, I guess this is how you make these movies or whatever yeah. before Scream came along and changed the game. Back at Smith's Grove. Yeah, they get taken. Well, Danny and the baby get taken back to Smith's Grove. Tommy and Loomis are like, whew, I feel like I got drugged or something. It's like, Loomis is like, we, we were fucking drugged, dude. <laughs> Loomis is like, I've been drugged before, and this is how it feels, dude. That was like Oxycontin or something. <laughs> so then Loomis and Tommy, they're going to go to Smith's Grove. they got to pull a rescue mission now. So they split up. Loomis is like, you hang out here in the hallway and don't go nowhere. I'm going to go, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to go confront... When and he's like, when you are madman. <laughs> <laughs> he says madman, awesome. Madman. You are a madman. He starts talking smash on when, but then somebody just straight up knocks him in the back of the head. It's like a golf cart or something. <laughs> yeah. And Tommy gets bored of waiting around in this long hallway. No, hall he hears that scream. Oh, yeah. And he takes off running. Yeah, he and it's it's he's like he's walking through the hallway and he sees a shadow moving. He's like Kara, <laughs> yeah. like she's just gonna be in a fucking hallway, and he follows it and is this fucking I guess an inmate or something. It's gotta be. And she definitely seems crazy. She's like, oh my god, I, I just got stabbed. <laughs> but I'm thinking rule about. Yeah, I'm so happy <laughs> because it was by him or something. Yeah, I don't know if the crazy people in this sanitarium are like aware of the Thorn Cult or something. They're, something weird's it. going on. If they're if they're legit crazy, they're aware of very few things. Oh yeah, that's true. But this chick seems bizarrely pumped to be stabbed in the guts. Maybe she was part of the cult and just like yeah went off the cliff. It's possible. Then we get into some definite gray territory where I'm not exactly sure what exactly is going on. Nope. Tommy meets up with Carrie, finds her, and then they find the baby and Danny. Danny, or something. yeah, Danny's just in a corner staring off into space. I think he's he's going to have some issues after this is all over. Probably he's going to be Tommy in the next movie. Yeah, but they see when he comes down, and he sees a guy dressed up in a thorn outfit, and he's like, "You can take that off now. <laughs> Halloween's over." <laughs> 
So, like, is he downplaying the Thorn cult? He's downplaying it in front of the person that was there that wasn't sure of the Thorn cult. So he's trying to act like it's not cool or something. I, he's I he's, he's like, full on in the Thorn cult. He now is, he's trying but to, he's, he's, I think the person that was there talking to the people in the Thorn cult garb didn't know that the Thorn cult existed. So they, and were, they might oh, just be dressed up for Halloween. I see. Makes sense. So he's trying to downplay it. But then they go into a room. Wynn's about to do some surgery or something. On something that isn't yeah, they don't ever, the baby or Danny. The baby's in the next room over. So I'm not sure what is going on in there. Wynn's definitely up to all kinds of weird stuff, though. Yeah. They got, like, fetuses in the walls and stuff. <laughs> he's building. His foundation's built on dead babies. <laughs> yeah. It's like baby bricks. But then this is where I get confused because... If Michael is being controlled by the Thorn Cult, why does he come up in this joint and kill everybody with a medical machete? Because Jamie's baby, possibly Michael Myers' son. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it on the line and say that it it probably is. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, I guess it almost has to be if it's related to him. Well, when Jamie was related. Yeah, to him. I mean, it would just be it like would still be a, his it, is, it would be his same bloodline, but it's they kind of it would be it. his first direct descendant though. Yeah. So it's kind of unclear if he's trying to save the kid or if he's trying to kill it. Off it and just end it all for him. Yeah. Maybe he's consistently tortured. It's very possible. And he's driven just like, I got to kill these people. Otherwise, my wife is going to keep fucking sucking. I got to wear this mask. His life doesn't seem very enjoyable. He's killing dogs, living with homeless people. (laughs) Yeah. For a year at a time. (laughs) But he kills this whole room full of doctors. And then it's the final chase. I don't know exactly how, but he realizes that Paul Rudd and everybody are they're hanging out in the next room over and I think the baby cries. Oh, okay. They're try they're after baby everybody. Is all the time giving away positions. <laughs> yeah, it'll be quiet for hours at a time, then it's like ah, <laughs> It's called his dad, dude. Yeah. They go on a big final chase. There's one doctor that didn't die. He's also running away with him. But they just straight up locked the gate behind them, and he's stuck. <laughs> they're just giving him the fingers. They're running yeah, away. Yeah, and they're like, you're, you're screwed now. And Michael comes up behind him and just uses this dude's head to knock down a prison <laughs> gate, basically. There was no way his head held up enough to knock <laughs> the gate down. Unless it was like shoddy carpentry work or something. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get in the basement of a sanitarium, dude. The whole thing. Especially when it's like built by a cult. <laughs> yeah. But now it's going to be final showdown time. And uh, Tommy, he's like got six syringes full of something green. I don't know what it is. but agent. It's, yeah. <laughs> that would be the opposite of what they're trying to accomplish. He jumps out and gives Michael a full-on dose. He's feeling woozy. But he doesn't even go down. Kara comes out of the blue, starts smacking him in the face with a pipe. I mean, she's she's hurting him a little bit probably, but he ain't he ain't going down yeah, he, yet. He's not comfortable. He grabs her by the throat, starts trying to own her. He's going to until he hears that baby. No, he hears Danny. He's like, leave her alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then... That's when he sees the baby, though. He knows that Danny's got the baby. Yeah. But Danny's tucked away inside, uh, in between... Like a bunch of like big barrels or something. Yeah, he can't reach him. He could have like leaned down and grabbed him, but he's not trying to you know exert himself too much. He's reaching. He gets shot with another needle, and then Rudd is swinging for the fences. 
He's putting with the, the same pipe. He's putting it down on him, dude. He's dropping the hammer down. And at this point, I mean, it's kind of been happening the whole movie, but Tommy is just straight up like smiling and laughing all the time. I think that he's just out of his mind. Yeah, he's dude. fucking nuts. And he is having the time of his life. He's <laughs> yeah. fixing his crazy from all those years. Yeah, he's getting it out of his system, I think. But he goes to town on him, dude. Loomis shows back up. And he he's just been unconscious for the whole time, apparently. Wherever he got hit with that fucking golf club or yeah. whatever. But he comes and he takes uh, Kara and Danny and the baby. And they, they get on the elevator. And... Tommy just annihilates Michael's head, dude. I guess he just, like, smashes it because there's, like, green goo all yeah, over it. And stuff. you only see it in, like, quick little jump cuts. Just like, click, 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 yeah, they're click, doing click, some click. MTV edits on this thing. But you definitely see his head with some green goo yeah, all over it. There's some shit coming out of the house. And I don't do... I've never been sure exactly what that was. I don't know, but apparently the only thing it messed up is the mask. Yeah. Because he's like, I don't need this anymore. Yeah. No one's going to recognize who I am. And I think that this is really the bummer part because, I mean, we're not going to get into the producer's cut, but it's it's definitely got a different ending. You should check it out sometime if you have the chance. But right now it just straight cuts, and Tommy and Kara and Danny and the baby, they're all in a Jeep. They're about to just roll out. And Loomis is like, I think I'm just going to hang out here. I have some unfinished business to attend to. And he goes off, and the next thing you hear is him screaming like he's getting owned. And then we see a syringe and Michael's mask laying on the ground. So I guess that, uh, you know, Michael finally got Loomis. Well, it says in memory of Donald Pleasance right after that happens. Yeah. I mean, that's unfortunate that Loomis got owned, obviously, and it was almost definitely due to the fact that uh, Donald Pleasance. Donald's Pleasance passed away because he obviously couldn't continue going on with the character, which is a shame because I feel like every Halloween that came after this one doesn't feel exactly no. right without Loomis in it. And what category would you place Dr. Loomis in the pantheon of horror characters what do you mean like he's like a van helsing type character yeah he's he's really important he's oh yeah for sure dude he's like i mean michael's always going after these girls but loomis is well michael is loomis's enemy i don't know if loom if michael even cares about him yeah but loomis is like i'm gonna take you down dude and that's what's a bummer is that he didn't ever actually get to take him down yeah that sucks yeah but, uh, you know, it's a short movie. That's the way it wraps up. And, uh, I mean, I think that it rules, personally. Like I like it. It's. I think that H2O is okay, but I don't like how they completely ignored all the other sequels. Yeah, because... This feels like the last real sequel to me. And, and then, then they were just like, we need to get this mask in this movie. Yeah. And it was like, oh, we can get Jamie Lee Curtis back. Let's just do whatever she wants. And she was like, I don't care about these sequels. like, you know what we should do? We should kill Joseph Gordon-Levitt with my skate. <laughs> yeah. That would roll. And it did roll. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But, uh, I mean, that's pretty much our take on it. If you like 90s horror movies, if you like slasher movies, if you like Halloween movies. If you like Paul Rudd. If you, yeah, if you want to see the origins of Paul Rudd, this is where you need to turn to. And I honestly think that 
this movie gets a bad rap for no reason, dude. It's a solid sequel in this series. It's one of the better ones. For sure. One of the, like, definitely later better ones. Dude, I don't even care if those shithead kids were going to vote for Michael Myers in the next election. It was only a movie, dude. (laughs) 